What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. Um, you're going to be hearing this a lot after the Sixers were eliminated from the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, I got really sick actually during um, that game six, and I haven't ruled out the idea of it being because of how the Sixers played. But nonetheless, here we are to talk about, you know, just kind of wrap up the season, um, how I don't want to talk too much about how the end of that series went. I think, you know, it's pretty obvious. Um, It was brutal to watch. Um, Congratulations to the Heat. Um, They were the better team, clearly. Um, Better coach, better depth. And, you know, despite having James Harden, Joel Embiid, and, you know, everyone around them, it was getting more and more apparent that the Sixers were not going to be a championship team this year. So while it was disappointing to see them eliminated, it wasn't all that surprising. And before I get into the specifics, I just wanted to take a quick second to let everyone know that here at Sports Ethos, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, just the pre-draft season, and it has already begun here. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies, so you can jump on your prep, and we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But that is only if you are a part of our premium team. Head over to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99 and we will see you there. Um, okay, so now jumping into the Sixers. Um, really quick, do a quick overview of the end of the series, um, you know, just to get it out there. Um yeah, as I mentioned, the Heat looked like the better team. Jimmy Butler looked simply unstoppable. Um, the difference in the bench really was was a glaring discrepancy. Um, James Harden not scoring in the fourth quarter of Game 6. Um, just so many different factors. Joel did all he could, but at the end of the day, and injured Joel like that. Um, everything he was dealing with was not the MVP 30-point a game Joel that we've grown to love this season. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, it's not even that disappointing. It's kind of expected. But I just want to focus our attention on next year because this team still does have a bright future. And the first place that everyone is questioning is James Harden. James Harden, of course, acquired in the middle of the season. Um, Right now, he is a free agent, although expected to opt into his um, player option. Um, Also, Sixers could give him a new deal. But fans and the Sixers are hopeful that maybe he'll take a little less money so the Sixers can acquire another star along the lines of Bradley Beal, Zach Levine. Um, And, you know, I don't don't want to get too far into this because we really don't know what the situation is, but it does appear that Zach Levine might be um, on his way out of Chicago. There's no clear deal being done there, Um, you know, with the likes of Tobias Harris, uh, Matisse Thybulle, definitely some moves to be made there. But there's so many different ways the Sixers can approach this offseason. The first is making one of these splash moves. And I think this would be a really good idea. Obviously, you know, get rid of Tobias is is okay. You know, he's had a pretty good playoff run, hard worker. But getting a guy like Beal or Levine would be um, unreal. I mean, if you don't have to give up another big piece aside from Matisse, you know, give up Furkan, give up draft capital. Just don't give up Maxi, obviously. And, um... Honestly, almost anyone else on the team seems like uh, you could give them up pretty easily at this point. Um, But regardless of that, I think the biggest thing the Sixers have to focus on this offseason is getting some depth, getting some scorers. I mean, we saw in the Heat series, having a guy like Victor Oladipo, having guys like Max Struess, and, you know, I'm not saying we get ourselves a Tyler Hero because that's simply unrealistic, the sixth man of the year, 20-point-a-game superstar, um... But yeah, just get a guy, get a wing player, not Shake, not Ferk, a consistent guy that every night can get you solid buckets off the bench, 
Um, same as a backup center. We had Drummond, beautiful. Get another guy like Drummond. Doesn't even have to be like Drummond. Get a guy like Dwayne Dedman. You get a guy, you know, like Daniel Tice. Any of these playoff teams have these backup centers that are just capable of playing minutes. The Sixers, as a championship contending team, should not have to worry about putting guys on the floor that they're scared to get minutes. A guy like Shake Milton, a guy like Furkan Korkmaz, guys like DeAndre Jordan I don't even want to talk about, but these are guys that realistically the Sixers should not have to worry about putting on the floor because there should be enough depth in free agency and enough of a want to go to a contender like Philly that they should be able to go acquire these guys for their bench and not have to worry too much about it. Of course, the trade in the middle of the season made it a little more difficult on that end. But a signing like George Niang, such a small signing. But in retrospect, George Niang was our best player off the bench this whole all, this whole season. So just getting a couple guys like that, you know, trading with teams that really don't, like, get these old veterans off their benches. Get a guy like Eric Gordon, like Terrence Ross. Been saying it all year. I mean, this is the offseason that the Sixers got to put all their cards on the table and get these veterans Get guys that can play for one more season, maybe two. If you're going to get James Harden back, you're not going to have him for more than a couple more years. You're definitely not going to have him being playing you know, elite basketball, being an all-star for more than a couple more years. We've already seen the regression clearly. Look, I love James Harden. I think with a guy like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine, James Harden's value skyrockets because now you have an elite wing scorer in one of those guys. You have the best scorer in the league in Joel Embiid, a big and now you have James Harden, who's transitioned into, you know, he can get you a bucket, but he's really just an elite playmaker at this point. I mean, with Tyrese Maxey on the team, maybe even coming off the bench if you get a guy like that. Like, this is a championship team with either of those guys. And even if you don't get either of those guys, the Sixers are a championship team with just a couple more moves. And these moves don't even have to be big. Like, aside from these wings, you get a guy like maybe like, TJ Warren, Karis LeVert was acquired in the middle of the season. That's a huge pickup that the Sixers could have used. And I'm not saying you got to get all these guys, but, you know, just one or two of these consistent players, whenever the Sixers go and get someone like this, like an Alec Burks. Alec Burks wasn't great for the Sixers, but an Alec Burks is the type of player that we can use to play over a guy like Shake Milton. Look, I'm a fan of Shake. I'm a fan of Furkan, but... I do think it's time that we move on from those type of guys. Those are guys you see on a team like the Thunder or the Trailblazers or a team that's just throwing out young guys, getting good draft capital, all that. But for a team like the Sixers that are competing in the way that they are, they need veterans. They, they, they're they trying this developing young talent, which is good with Tyrese Maxey. But then they stick to guys like DeAndre Jordan over Paul Reed. And that system is just kind of strange and kind of not what they need. I think that they they need to stick to the veteran idea after the James Harden trade. So acquiring some more vets would be very valuable. Um, Also with the loss of Danny Green. Danny Green might never play again. I don't know. He might never play for the Sixers again. I mean, torn ACL at his age with that severe of an injury, he's probably never going to come back the same in either way. I mean, Danny Green was never that great for us. I I appreciated his playoff run. He had a good effort, but you know, I think it's you got to get a guy that's better than Danny Green. And now that you don't have Danny Green, there's really no excuse because if you don't have Danny, then you're playing Shake and Furk off the bench consistently. And you have Isaiah Joe, who you can maybe develop. But at the end of the day, these unproven guys are probably not answered to a championship team. If you look around the league, you do have a guy like Max Struess, but the, how often does an undrafted guy like that come along? And, and he also much better developing young talent than the Sixers have been. I think that's pretty clear. Um, 
But yeah, you look around the team and uh, around the league, excuse me. Um, Boston is in it right now with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. But you look at who they've surrounded them with. Guys like Al Horford, who did not work out for the Sixers. But um, you have Marcus Smart. And you just have some guys. They get Derek White. You bring in the guys off the bench that play consistently. And, and your stars will keep playing like stars. And that's how you build a championship team. You look at the Bucks last year who won it all. They brought in P.J. Tucker. They have Brooke Lopez surrounding Giannis. They, they got Bobby Portis this year. Like These contending teams are all picking up these veterans to surround their stars, and it seems like the Sixers are lacking in that category. Um, you know, I guess you could argue with the Warriors. They brought in Jordan Poole, who is a young guy. But, I mean, when you have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, you kind of have all the veterans you need. And for the way the Sixers are organized, Joel Embiid is not young anymore. Joel Embiid is reaching his prime, about 28 years old. James Harden is on the older side. Tyrese Maxey, very young. And aside from those three guys, I don't see anyone on this roster that are super secure at this point. Um, Matisse Thybul, a couple months ago, um, probably would have told you that he's pretty secure. The way he played in the playoffs and the way he's regressed in just a short amount of time is very worrying for a contending team. And if teams are interested in him, like the Chicago Bulls are apparently rumored on him, if if um, they can get rid of him and Tobias for a guy like Levine, I think you got to do it. Um, I think Paul Reed will have a role in this team next year. Um, George Niang should probably play some bench minutes next year. But aside from those guys, the Sixers are kind of a mystery for next season outside of their core. Um, even James Harden is kind of a mystery. I mean, we expect him to be back. Would I be 100% shocked if he's not? I, I don't think so. Um, but at the end of the day, Joel Embiid will be here, and the Sixers need to surround him with the talent that he needs. Um, okay, so enough of next season. We'll have all off season to talk about this. I just wanted to get my initial thoughts out because I've seen so much on social media surrounding the Sixers, what they should do. Um, speaking of Doc Rivers, um, rumored to be back next season. I have mixed opinions. Again, I'll get into that in a later episode, but I do like our, a lot of our assistant coaches, Dan Burke, Sam Cassell. Would have liked to see maybe one of them get a turn. But nonetheless, Doc is a great players guy. I don't really blame this playoff run on him. I think the talent wasn't fully there. Um, you know, there's some things that obviously I think he could have done better, but it's not the end of the world. And I think the Sixers can win under Doc Rivers. I think it is possible with certain changes and certain members of the coaching staff stepping up in different positions. But I wanted to take a second, second to appreciate some of what happened this season. Obviously, really unfortunate ending. But, you know, take it to game six in the second round versus a really, really good team with Joel injured. Uh, if Joel was healthy, it could have been a totally different outcome. So, you know, judging by the way the season ended, like, the fact that Joel was hurt, I think, makes it a lot easier on all Sixers fans. If they lost with a perfectly healthy team, um, it would feel different. It'd feel like they failed and, and their plan didn't work. But with Joel injured, there's an excuse behind it. And it doesn't feel great to say that. But at the same time, like, it is true. It's not like... They were playing at full strength by any means. Um, they did technically have their full roster, but you know, without Joel scoring his 30 points and being himself, the Sixers are not the Sixers. So um, for next year, that should change. But I did this in the middle of the year. I want to just quickly go through and give my final season grades, including playoffs for each player. And I'm going to start with my MVP, Joel Embiid, who will obviously finish with an A+. Um, you know, in the playoffs... Um, not his greatest performance is, but he's playing with a mask on his face and a torn ligament in his thumb. And that's honestly one of the most impressive injuries I've ever seen played through. Um, so even the fact that he played and was doing what he did, um, you know, despite everything, Joel, 
easily an A+. I think there's no debate. The other guy there's easily no debate is Tyrese Maxey. Um, coming in the season as, you know, I guess he's going to start a point guard until Ben comes back, finishes as one of the most improved players in basketball, looks like a superstar, comes into the playoffs and his first starts and is just absolutely incredible. The city loves him. His team loves him. I really, really hope Tyrese is here for the rest of his career, however long that may be. He's honestly the present. He's the future. He's the everything. I love the franchise. Tyrese Maxey, A-plus in my books, not much of a question. Um, my next highest grade would be Paul Reed, who I would give an A to. Paul Reed coming into the season, not expected to do much with Andre Drummond, steps into the role of backup center wherever he's needed. He kind of just does it. He does his job. He does great. His his hustles there, his efforts there. So, I mean, Paul Reed, not much to complain about for what was expected of him. Sure, there's much to be desired on the offensive end. Uh, his discipline needs work. But for what he is, I think an A- minus to an A range would be a very fair grade for him this season. Um, and I think they expect a lot of uh, improvement now that he got some playoff minutes, some real minutes. I think next year he will be a valuable player in our rotation. Um, moving on, George Niang. Um, I would give him a B-plus to an A-minus. Honestly, before the playoffs, I might have given him an A-plus. Just great player, great shirt off the bench, doing kind of everything that we asked from him. You know, we know that he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the best defender, but he honestly did his job really well during the season. And in the in the playoffs, um, it, it flamed out a little bit. And I love Niang. He's one of my favorite players. A great guy, great locker room guy. I'm excited to see him back next season, but he was almost unplayable in the playoffs. His defense was severely lacking, missing a lot of crucial shots. So if I was judging just off the regular season, probably an A to an A+. Plus. If I was judging just off the playoffs, he's getting a C or a D. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, George Niang was not the reason we lost in the playoffs. So I think I think B-plus range is pretty fair for George. Um, moving on, the next highest grade I'd give to Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias Harris started the year really pretty decently, not great. Um, a lot of struggles, some good games, some bad games. James Harden came, severely struggled. Probably give his regular season somewhere around a C, C, C minus for what he's expected to be. But his playoff run boosted him so much to me. The hustle, the defense, you know, the everything he, he we needed, he kind of gave us. I'm sure he had some bad shooting games. But especially in that first round series, Tobias Harris was maybe the most valuable player in that series at the end of the day. He was consistent every game, getting rebounds, playing the best defense on Siakam anyone on the team was playing. And I was really impressed by his effort and his hustle which would make me not quite as upset to see him not go and be on the roster for next year. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I don't want to get too much further into that. But I will say, Tobias, incredible postseason. Flamed out a little bit at the end there, but I think it was just a combination of so many factors that to blame one person, to blame a couple people is really hard to do. So I think Tobias, with a total season grade of a B to a B-, minus, seems pretty fair when factoring in the playoff performance. So I'm going to go with something around there. Um, finally, the last starter I have not covered, Danny Green. Um, Danny Green's regular season was pretty awful, to be completely honest with you. Um, did not really do much at all. Average just 5.9 points a game. Um, you know, I guess he did his job on defense. I'd probably give him a low C, high D for what we expected. But in the playoffs, this man turned up another gear, played some good defense, hit some, had some incredible games, had, you know, was, was keeping us in the series for a while. So my final season grade for Danny, probably somewhere same as Tobias for what we expect of him. Um, probably around a B minus. Um, I really do love Danny. I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. Um, just seems like a really good guy. His podcast is great. Um, 
you know, he's just he's just a good team guy, good veteran, obviously three championships, a ton of playoff experience. Um, if he has to get traded in a deal, so be it. But I do like Danny, and I'm wishing him a great recovery. And I would put him somewhere in that range. Now for the guys who their their grades are, are a little rough, we're going to go to Matisse Thybul. Matisse Thybul in some games this regular season, of course, looks like a superstar on defense. Did make all defensive second team, which I don't personally agree with. But I'm giving Matisse a D for this season. Um, the mix of not being able to play in the first round, just flaming out almost the whole season, having no offense, not really improving on the offensive end, and just being a defense. Like, look, sure, he made all defensive second team, but when it comes to it, Matisse's impact for what we expected this season, in my opinion, was so miniature. Um, especially when James Harden got here, he seemed to just disappear. And if I was grading him before Harden in the games that didn't really matter, his grade would be a lot higher. But just the impact and everything that happened and him not being a factor whatsoever in the playoffs, um, that dropped him down extremely for me. So Matisse somewhere around a D range for me, unfortunately. I do love Matisse also. Maybe he'll stay on the team and have a huge bounce back next year, but I don't know how much I see it. Finally, going to cover Furkan and Shake. Honestly, two peas in a pod here. They're both getting low grades. You know, I would say D. They've just, they were just super disappointing. Neither of them showed themselves as a great option. In fact, I think they've honestly regressed since last season. Um, you can't really put any, either of them on the court for too long. I guess Shake has shown a little bit more prowess than Furkan, um, putting the ball in the basket once in a while. But really, neither of them have shown what you want as a Sixers fan. And that's just really unfortunate. I'm sure all Sixers fans were rooting for Shake and Furk. For so long, I mean, they've been, Furkan's been one of the longest tenured players on the team. Not that that's saying much with the Sixers right now. But nonetheless, neither of them showed me what I would like to see. Um, And we're going to get into coaching real quick. Um, Doc Rivers, season grade. Uh, I guess I'll give him somewhere around a C. He's just average. He's an average coach. Look, I, I blame him for some losses. There's some times that he messes up. There's some games where he's a great coach. He, he's a legendary coach in his own right. Great players coach, but I think that he's not the ideal coach for the Sixers the way they play. I think Mike D'Antoni or one of the guys on the bench would be an even better option at head coach. I don't think Doc is a terrible option whatsoever. I just think there's better options out there. If you look at guys like Sam Cassell and Dan Burke, both of those guys I would give an A-plus to. Sam Cassell for his development with Maxi, Dan Burke for just the way he's been able to transition the team defensively, his rotations, um, the way he he's a very defensive-minded coach, of course, we've seen. And overall, I really just like his style, good things heard about him from the players, from the rest of the coaching staff. Obviously, you know, I'm, I don't know that much. I, I can't really see what goes on in the locker room, who's doing what. But just from the eye test and from what I hear from, from the media... Dan Burke um, seems like a great coach, and you can just see Sam Cassell's impact. Guys like Dave Yorger also, I mean, coming back from cancer and staying on that bench, I think the the coaching staff did a great job this season. Um, You know, people would like to argue with me on that, but I think there was just nothing that could be done at the end of the season to really change the outcome with everything going on. Um, and that's really that's really my, my thoughts, is that I'm not quite as upset as I think some people are or some people think maybe I should be. Um, you know, it's not it's not pleasant to have the season end like this, especially after it's happened like three, four years in a row with Joel Embiid. Seems like we're wasting his prime. But um, next show, I'm going to get all into next offseason, which will be super exciting. I'm going to give all my thoughts laid all on the table. But for now, thank you guys so much for listening. Keep trusting that process. 
even when it's hard, even when the season's over in round two. The Sixers will be back next year. Tyrese Maxey getting a year older, a year more of experience. Joel Embiid staying in that prime. Hopefully James Harden comes back with a vengeance. So I'm really excited for next season. So I know it sucks now, but a lot to look forward to as a Sixers fan and a Philadelphia sports fan. 